0: continue to delve deeper into the philosophy of nonviolent resistance. For there is something about this method that has power. And I know that there are those who will ridicule it occasionally, but it has worked miracles in the South. It has morality with it because it gives us the opportunity to work to secure moral ends through moral means. This is the morality of it, but it has certain practical consequences. It exposes the moral defenses of the opponent, somehow weakens his morale, and all at the same time it is working on on his conscience. It disarms him, and he just doesn't know what to do with it. If he puts you in jail, that's all right. If he doesn't put you in jail, fine. If he beats you up, that's all right. If he doesn't beat you up, that's all right. If he tries to kill you, all right. You develop the quiet courage of dying, if necessary, without killing. If he tries to threaten you, all right, if he doesn't. And that is something about it which causes the opponent not to know what to do. Now, he would know what to do with violence. He could call out the state militia. He could call out the National Guard and kill hundreds and hundreds of innocent people and argue that they are inciting a riot. They know how to handle violence, but they proved over and over again that they don't know how to handle non-violence because they throw people... They try to handle it by throwing us in jail. But what happened? We go into the jails of Jackson, Mississippi and transform these jails from dungeons of shame to havens of freedom and human dignity. I can't stop it. I believe firmly that this is the way. Now, that is another aspect of it, about this method. And people ask me about it all the time. Said, what do you mean when you tell us to love these people who are beaten on us and bombing our houses and kicking our children around what in the world you mean when you say love such people and i always have to stop and try to define the meaning of love in this area and interestingly enough greek philosophy comes to our aid at this point there are three words in the greek language for love one of them is the word eros now eros is a sort of aesthetic love or the philosopher Plato talks about it a great deal in his dialogues, a yearning of the soul for the realm of the divine. It has come to us to mean a sort of romantic love, and so we all know about Eros, we've experienced it, we've read about it in the beauties of literature. In a sense Edgar Allan Poe was talking about Eros when he talked about his beautiful Annabel Lee with a love surrounded by the halo of eternity. In a sense, Shakespeare was talking about eros when he said, Love is not love, which alters its alteration finds or bends with the remover to remove. It is an ever-fixed mark that looks on tempest and is never shaken. It is a star to every wandering bark. You know, I can remember that because I used to quote it to my wife when we were quoting. That's eros. That's eros. Then the Greek language talks about phileo, which is another level of love. It is an intimate affection between personal friends. On this level, we love because we are love. We love people that we like. This is friendship. Then the Greek language has another word called agape. Agape is more than romantic love. Agape is more than friendship. Agape is not something affectionate. Agape is understanding, creative, redemptive goodwill for all men. It is an overflowing love which seeks nothing in return. Theologians would say that it is the love of God operating in the human heart. And when one rises to love on this level, he loves men not because he likes them, but he loves every man because God loves him. He goes on with that. And so he rises to the level of hating the system rather than the individual who is caught up in that system. He loves the person and hates the evil deed. And I think this is what Jesus meant when he said, love your enemies. And I'm happy that he didn't say, like your enemies, because it's pretty difficult to like some people. It's difficult to like people bombing your home and threatening your children and kicking you about. But Jesus says, love them. And love is greater than like. Love is understanding, creative, redemptive goodwill for all men. And somehow, more and more, I've come to believe this. that This is the way that we will get out of this dark night of oppression and make of this nation a better nation. It means that we can stand up and allow the the opposition to know that we will not accept injustice. We will stand up against it with our lives, but we will never stoop down to the level of violence and hatred. And we will come to that point when we will be able to convince him that a new world is emerging, and I tell you this evening that it will give us the right attitude. I know sometimes how discontent we get, and we have a right to get discontent, and how frustrated we get in the process sometimes, but I submit to you this evening that this way of nonviolence will help us not to seek to rise from a position of disadvantage to one of advantage, thus subverting justice, we will not substitute one tyranny for another for black supremacy is as dangerous as white supremacy. I am convinced this afternoon that God is not interested merely in the freedom of black men and brown men and yellow men. God is interested in the freedom of the whole human race and the creation of a society. I believe with this method and this approach, we will be able to win. And finally, as we struggle, we do not struggle alone. It's dark sometimes. It's difficult. Particularly for those who are struggling in the Deep South facing all of the violence and all of the suffering. That is something that consoles us along the way. We are convinced that our cause is right. I return to Alabama, Mississippi, and Georgia not in despair, not in bitterness. I return knowing that we are moving into a bright day of freedom. We through our struggles, through our suffering, through our sacrifice, will be able to achieve the American dream. And This will be the day when all of God's children, black men and white men, Jews and Gentiles, Protestants and Catholics, will be able to join hands and sing in the words of the old Negro spiritual, free at last, free at last, and God Almighty, we are free at last. This is good, Good Morning Liberty.
1: Well, what is up, everybody, all of our Liberty-loving friends out there? This is another fantastic episode, hopefully, of the Good Morning Liberty Podcast. My name is Nate. I'm here by myself. This has been quite a weekend. Uh, Really, really just a, a terrible and frustrating and sad weekend so far. I did not pull up any news stories because you guys have seen plenty of the news stories so far this weekend. I don't need to read anything. I don't need to talk about anything specific. We don't have to get into any of the specific instances because I'm sure you guys saw every single one of the same videos that I have and all the same news stories that I've seen so far. Uh, So in, in the live group, I want you guys to tell me what you think about what's going on. And I've played you know we started with that video from Martin Luther King Jr. and i'm i'm not going to lie i've listened to it probably 8 or 9 times this weekend um when i was feeling you know how do you describe what you're feeling right now this is it's really difficult to describe how you're feeling it's difficult to take a position on anything that's going on it's difficult to say one thing without sounding insensitive to sound like you're not sympathetic it's difficult to be against some of the protests and also be for some of the protests this all comes down to all the things that we talk about every day on this podcast still I know that that sounds overly simplified but it it really is that simple we talk about individual liberty all the time on this podcast, individual liberty. And this entire move that we've had, human beings have always tried to group themselves together based on certain things, whether it's economic status, your race, your region, whatever it is, your political party, your sex, any of that, your sexual preference, anything. Anytime you get into a group, Anytime you lump yourself into a group with other people, this can end up, this ends up being what happens. This this is what happens. Because we already said last week on this podcast, George Floyd, you guys remember George Floyd? That's, that's what this is about, by the way. George Floyd and all of the other people who have been unjustly treated That's what this is about. Now, this has turned into being about something else, about destroying the system, about burning everything down so we can start fresh. That is what I think it's been turned into. I do not think that that is the purpose of most of the people who are upset about things right now. The country is pretty united and was pretty united last week, even going to... Fox news and watching their commentary was united in the fact that a police officer murdered an, an innocent person or at least someone, you know, innocence until proven guilty. Someone who did not deserve to die for whatever reason that a police officer needed to be brought to justice. The country was pretty unified in that stance. And now we see what's happened over the last few days. there, there's no longer the unification on anything. And this is the problem. This is why I started with the video from MLK. Because we've taken a situation where people agreed someone was unjustly murdered by someone and something needed to change. Someone needed to be brought to justice. We we all agreed on that. And now, do you guys feel like... Um, We're we're more united than we used to be. You guys feel like uh, after this is all over, there's going to be less racism in America? You think that people are going to live in harmony and peace? You think that uh, the police are going to be nicer to everyone in their communities? You think that they're going to get lower budgets and they're going to get less riot gear? And anything like that? Does anyone actually think that that's what's going to come out of this? It's not what's going to come out of this. What King talks about in that video is extremely important, and I'm trying so hard. I'm trying so hard to follow what he was saying in that video, which is the agape part. The love for people because they're human beings, regardless of how they're treating you. And I really do think that that is possible. And I have been trying it so hard. I have told myself, Nate, say to yourself, say out loud, you love everybody. You love the protesters. You love the rioters. You love the police. You love white people. You love love black people. All of that is true. And what King said is very hard to like. Certain people. But you can love people. You, you can love people because they're human beings. You can not accept that everyone has the same natural, God-given, whatever you want to call it, liberties that we're all born with. You can accept that. You can, you can come into that. But when we go to what's been happening over the last few days, all of that potential for change in a positive direction gets destroyed. People are taking up arms. People are, do uh, I, I, you think people are feeling more or less hatred towards other people right now than they did one, even one week ago? More or less hatred. What do you think? So when we look at what's going on over the last few days, I think it's pretty clear that Antifa has been hijacking This protest. Now that does not mean we'll go both sides here. It does not mean that if Antifa were not involved, that the protest would have been completely peaceful and everything would have gone great. But it also does not mean that Antifa doesn't share a lot of the blame in this. I I am under the opinion and the assumption that they have sent people around the country to incite this violence, to make things worse than they otherwise would have been. Now, it's pretty interesting. Trump has officially designated Antifa as a domestic terrorist organization. Are they a terrorist organization? Yes. That's my opinion. Yes, they are. They instill fear. And commit acts of violence to achieve a political goal. That's something w- what the definition of terrorism is. Something like that. So, um, yes. Do I agree with all of our country's laws when it comes to how we treat people that we think are terrorists or are potentially terrorists? No. You tend to lose most of your constitutional rights once they designate some someone as a terrorist. They can hold you indefinitely. We've heard stories, uh, plenty of stories about that. Uh, but... Aside from the, the law book, the federal, the whatever designation of a terrorist organization, on a personal level, on a moral level, Antifa is a terrorist organization. They are making this worse by far. I think they want to make it worse. I think they want to see the thing torn down. So the, we have to remember that. So the reason I'm saying that is... If you look at this is the this is the listen, I'm I'm sure you guys all know this. I, I've tried to spend most of the morning and the weekend collecting my thoughts since this started happening and since it started getting so crazy. Since it started getting so crazy, I've been trying to collect my thoughts for what I would say on a podcast, and I knew that I'd be doing today's episode by myself. Charlie's gone. He's uh, you know, out. Playing golf or something. I don't know what he's doing. No, he's he's on a trip. He'll be back tomorrow. He's gone, and I knew over the whole weekend that I was going to have to come in and try to organize some thoughts in a manner that would make as much sense as possible, that would get my point across as much as possible, and that I had a responsibility to that to do that. That's the responsibility you take on when you start a podcast that deals with Daily News and deals with really big issues like this. I can tell you guys, my biggest feeling over the weekend, overwhelming, that I had to fight through was that I did, not, I did not want to do a podcast episode today. In fact, I wanted to step back and not do any all week because this has been getting to me. This has been making me feel overly negative. It's been affecting, uh, it's been affecting me when I go home. I haven't been able to think straight. I'm normally really good at not being on social media, doing things um, political when I'm at home, and I haven't been able to turn myself away from it. And even when I say I'm not going to look at any more videos, I'm not going to watch another video of someone getting beat up. I'm not going to watch another video that's going to make me feel some type of really negative action. Of course, I end up slipping back into a stream of more negative, just terrible, terrible videos. So what do you do? This is the responsibility of starting a podcast, and so I've got to try to get some of these thoughts out. I'm going to go through a few things here so we can line up some thoughts on this and try to come up with an objective answer, try to get some thoughts clear on this. I'm going to talk a little bit about what the Libertarian Party has had to say. I haven't been overly happy with their response to this so far. I'm going to talk about some responses I've had from from some other people when I've talked about this. I wanted to talk a little bit about we started off by talking about the groupthink, about tribalism, about grouping people in by their race or their sex or whatever it is, their political viewpoints, whatever it is. It's a very dangerous mentality. It's a mentality, by the way, that white supremacists have. It's a mentality that I don't like anyone that looks like this. Maybe you had a bad, maybe some, what if you're someone who isn't necessarily white supremacist and you had something bad happen? Maybe your your cousin got murdered somehow, something like that. And you're like, that person killed my cousin. I don't like anyone who looks like that. That's obviously a ridiculous standpoint. That's a terrible standpoint to have. This standpoint goes across the board, by the way. This is a Libertarian podcast. We talk about limiting government. We talk about taking away we talk about taking away the power of the government all the time, decreasing the amount of laws that they're trying to enforce, ending the drug war. We'll talk a little bit about qualified immunity and some some things like that. We talk about this all the time. But at the same time, being a rational, principled, objective person. I cannot look at every single police officer and say that they are a terrible person and they deserve to die. I can't do that because I can't say that any white supremacist should look at a black person and say that they should die. I can't say that you should look at every protester and say that they are a, a thug or a looter or anything like that. I cannot look at one person and assign an attribute because of other people who look like them or have worn the same uniform, have done bad things, or have done things that I don't like, or I have some type of bias against them in some kind of way. I'm not going to group people all into the same group and decide that all I don't like any of the people inside of that group. That's going to go down the police officers too, by the way. A lot of people, especially libertarians, might not like that standpoint. We call out bad actions by police all the time. No-knock raids, murdering George Floyd, shooting people that are running away from you, patting down people that don't need to be patted down while you're hunting for plants, all kinds of things. But it is the same mentality that is inside of a, of a white supremacist that is the same mentality that people end up are coming to when they decide that anyone who is a police officer is bad. Maybe it's because you don't like the government and that's a little bit more understandable because of the person that they work for, but that doesn't say anything about the individual. There are police officers that were killed. There are people that were killed. You don't know anything about those individual people. And if we actually want to work towards a solution for this, then we're going to have to treat people on an individual level. And that goes even to people that we don't like. And that is one of the hardest things to do, is to go to people that we don't like and treat them like they are an individual or someone that we don't necessarily like maybe because they have a uniform on or whatever or because of the color of their skin or or what sex they are. And you're going to have to try and figure out something about that individual before you attribute something that you've attributed to their entire group, so that's the first thing I want to say. I don't like them. I don't like the uh, spray painting "kill all cops" or "kill cops" on the side of a building. That mentality gets you nowhere. I want to actually fix this problem, so we want to talk about where this came from. Now, there's a few things that happened over the weekend that I wanted to address that are a little bit of a. I just say conundrums, let's call them dilemmas, conundrums. You see a lot of videos of vehicles driving through crowds. You saw the one of the, uh, there was a terrible, disgusting video of the FedEx truck dragging someone. I, I did not even mean to watch, I did not know what I was watching. If I would have known what was in that video, I would not have watched it. Um, You see, you see terrible things like that. You see the, the semi truck driving towards the massive group of people that were on the interstate barreling towards them. I'm impressed by how fast he stopped to tell you the truth The semis have a tough time stopping. So it's, you see these videos of a, an SUV going through crowds and you also see police officers pushing into crowds of vehicles. I'm going to be 100% truthful and I'm going to try to back up and be objective and try to figure out the mentality and try to figure out what you should actually do as a libertarian who believes in the non-aggression principle and try to figure out what you would do in a situation where something like this is happening. I came back from Illinois over the weekend. Um, you got Some of you guys in the live group, you guys probably saw my video of my perfect shooting stance while I was out shooting guns with my brother. Um, it's... Flawless. I could teach classes, probably. Um, it's, you know, it, if if you haven't seen it, then you want to join on Patreon.com/slash/GoodMorningLiberty because I think I could hold classes on how well you can shoot and aim and just do an amazing job shooting my brothers, shoot, shooting the uh, shooting my brothers AK. It was fun. Anyway, I was coming back from Illinois, hanging out with my weekend, hanging out with my family over the weekend, and. I don't know if you guys saw it, but Nashville had some pretty big protests too. City Hall building set on fire. It didn't burn to the ground like some of the things I saw. The thing set on fire. Um that's 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 what happened. Um there were they were looting maybe 30, 40, 50 businesses downtown, going down Broadway, breaking in windows, you know, smashing stuff, looting things in downtown Broadway. And listen, that's my home. That's Nashville. That's downtown. That's that's how Nashville is, what Nashville is, is downtown Broadway. That's why this entire economy exists around this entire city, is the the beauty that is downtown Nashville Broadway and, and all the historic nature of that, okay? That's why this exists. That's why my hometown exists right now. And seeing people go through there and and break things down, set things on fire, was very frustrating. Now, those weren't my businesses, so... I'm not going to go down there and defend other people's businesses. That, that responsibility is on them. I'm not, a, in, I'm not a member of the police. I'm not a member of the military. I'm, I'm going to defend my house. Um, when I was driving back from Illinois, I told my family before I left, I said, I'm going to go around the long way, around Nashville. I'm going to go around Opry Mills, um, go around the long way, around Riley Parkway, because I, I told them, I'm just going to be 100% up front honest with you guys. I said, if there's people blocking the interstate, you guys are going to see me on the news running through a crowd of people. Hey, I'm just going to tell you guys exactly what I said. That's what I said. I said, I'm going to go around a long way because if there are people blocking the interstate, you're going to see me on the news. That's, that's what's going to happen. All right. Now, I had to think about that statement for a little bit. That was my initial emotional statement. Tell me in the live group, what do you guys think people should do on a roadway? Now, if you just clearly see people up in front of you on the road, I don't think you just need to barrel through a group of people and, and run them over and kill them. That is not... They're not posing an immediate threat to you. It does not mean that because people are right there that you now have the uh, right to kill those people. That is, that is That is not what should happen. Let's say you're going through and a crowd of people crowds around your vehicle and they're climbing on top of it they're breaking out your windows they have maybe you don't want to get beaten to death on the street like you've seen videos of other people uh, over the weekend being beaten to death on the street and so there's a crowd of people grouping around your car they're getting on your car doing all kinds of stuff and so you floor it and you take off are you justified in doing that? What if, there's, what if there's someone in front of you? At what point is the flooring and taking off uh, an act of self-defense because you are worried that you're about to get killed? You're about to get drug out of your car and killed. So at what point that you floor it and the people who are standing in the middle of the road, well, that's the choice that they've made is to try and block traffic and other people are attempting to potentially kill someone, which we saw uh happened over the weekend, and that's the thing, and what you guys are saying in the live group, too. Now, at that point, I'm hitting the gas. I'm blowing through it. I come up to a crowd of people, and they're out in front of the road. No, I do not have the right to just barrel through those people. They have not aggressed on me. They're doing something that I believe is stupid, which is standing in the middle of a roadway, which is made for vehicles that uh, can travel very quickly and, and they weigh a lot. Uh, so they might be doing something that is very stupid and dangerous, but is the punishment death? Do you have the right to kill them at that point? No, I really don't think you do. The thing with the semi-truck um, on the interstate, not the FedEx truck, the uh, the other semi-truck tough situation because the guy obviously was just flooring it towards the group of people and that act right there, in my opinion was wrong but then what do you do once you're in the point where you stopped, he stopped, he didn't hit anyone and then of course he's getting crowded windows getting broken out people on top of the truck, all kinds of stuff like that, then at that point do you floor it because you don't want to get killed? It's <laughs> the these are not easy questions. at that point, maybe you messed up by barreling towards the group of people when you really shouldn't have. Um well, maybe that was a mistake, but now like what are you gonna do? Are you going to get killed because of that mistake? You didn't hit anyone with the truck. People can clearly move out of your way and so no one, no one has to get injured in this. He was racing at a speed where people really could have been injured and killed, obviously, by a semi-truck. He stopped. Uh, w- once people were really out of the way, he stopped because he was about to hit someone. And then, of course, everyone's crowded around. You're a semi-truck. It's not like you're going to go from 0 to 60 in a few seconds. You start speeding off. Everyone can get out of the way. So then at that point, the crowd really becomes the aggressors. And so that's, you know, that's just rough. Like, like, what do you do once you're in that situation? And yeah, that's what, uh, what Marie said in there. He, he drove past barricaded sections. And, and so my initial reaction on this was, this is a roadway. You're supposed to drive on the roadway. These people aren't supposed to be walking on the roadway. Um, so, so be it. And so that's the initial emotional response. And then I was thinking, like, well, who owns the roadway? The, you know, unfortunately, technically, the government owns the runway. Now, we're all part of the government, but you're as much part of that roadway as the people who are in the roadway. Um, the government owns the roadway. And if the person who owns the roadway puts up barricades and says, this roadway is not accessible right now, imagine there's not a crowd of people. Imagine there is a, a construction site up above, uh, up in front of you. Or imagine there is a bad accident, and sometimes, I assume they do this everywhere, they close off the road and make you go somewhere else. Well, can you just say, well, this is my roadway, I'm just going to barrel through it. No, the roadway was closed, you know? And I hate, listen, that's frustrating. I don't like it when people do the protest in the roads and stop, like, it's in the same reason I don't like any of the other protests. If the goal of the protest is to... <laughs> stop racism, to stop hatred, to, to bring about justice for people, you're doing it wrong. You are doing the exact opposite. You are going to make a lot of people very angry. You are doing something counterintuitive to what your actual stated goal would be, which is for us all to live in peace and harmony. And if you're someone who's going to block a roadway, keep people from going to work, keep semi trucks from delivering products and services to people, um, you are not doing anything to further your cause. You are making it harder to further the cause. That is my opinion on that matter. Uh, But if the road was closed, if there were barricades, the government closes roads all the time, okay? The government runs the roads. They close the roads all the time. And in the same way, if there was a construction zone, if there was a... A bridge out. If there was a bad accident ahead, they can put up barricades and they can tell you that you have to go a different way. So that's the other part of that. So I would not intentionally drive past barricades to go barrel through a group of people that was not posing that were not posing an immediate threat to me at that time. The thing with the FedEx truck. Uh, if you haven't seen the thing with the FedEx truck, I would recommend not watching it unless you've already i've always had a thing where i i don't uh, i will tell you guys something personal um i i don't watch anything that actually shows um bodies or severe injury or even actual people getting shot i don't watch any of those videos i never have um this weekend was the first time i had actually actually seen something like that and it was by accident um, I did not know that that's what was going to be in the video. So if you are someone who also does not like to watch stuff like that, then do, do not go look up the thing with the FedEx truck because it is um, terrible. But, what do you do? What, what do you do um, about I know I said, I said earlier, Sam, the, the government runs the roads. I'm sorry. Until we change that? Like, let's work on changing that, and then we'll have the conversation about how we would handle road closures and barricades and stuff like that. But until we take care of the road problem, um, that that is the case. So that's that's an unfortunate thing. Do I think we could privatize most roads? Yeah, sure. Maybe all of them. Yeah, do it. Can I, um, can I condone taking money out of my account to do other things regardless of what you're going to do with it? No, I really can't. So uh, do I think we could privatize roads? Yeah. Um tackle that problem, and then we'll move on to whether or not private companies would allow semi trucks to barrel through crowds of people on their roads. And and then we'll and then we'll see what's what's gonna go on from there. The thing with the FedEx truck, um, the guy that whoever was in the truck was obviously under attack. Now I did not see if he was also uh just blindly trying to drive into a group of people and did not you know did he know they were there and he was intentionally trying to harm people or did he come up on a road and he was in a semi truck and it's pretty difficult to turn around there's a lot of roads you can't go down especially in a bigger city um was he trying to get out and ended up just getting caught up in something he didn't mean to be caught up in i don't know Um, was he an immediate threat of bodily harm yes he was when you're driving something that big, can you tell that what is happening by his tires on his on his uh, you know trailer back there, his second trailer? Can you tell that that's happening? No, not really. All the time, I've driven all the way across the country in a really big vehicle, and and uh, didn't even know I had a flat tire for a little bit. I mean, it's that's. I'm sorry, that's a really terrible way to say it, but he he might not have even known. So, um. Sorry, I was trying to. Yeah, that's. I, I was trying to trying to read through some of the stuff on the li- on the live group. So, it's is difficult to know what happened in that situation. If you guys know the backstory on what happened with the FedEx truck, was he intentionally trying to cause violence, and then he got himself into that situation, and then he had to get himself out of it, and and that's what ended up happening. So, did he get himself into that situation? leaving out the fact that you maybe don't agree with people blocking the roads and things like that. You know, I don't, I don't know exactly what happened. So blindly barreling into a group of people when you know, they're up there, maybe not really great with the non-aggression principle. Also on the other side, blocking people's mode of travel so they can, um, go see their families. They can have commerce. We can have all the products and services that we need. Also not a good idea and, and not good for your cause whatsoever. So that's one thing I wanted to say about that so far. I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look through here. Let's see. I did. I did the trucks. You guys saw the videos of people um, trying to defend their businesses that were beaten. There was the couple. You saw the 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 lady getting beat with a two by four uh, by the group of people. I don't know if you guys saw that or not. Um, I put it on our Twitter. Absolutely disgusting. Completely disgusting. And does nothing for the cause. I'm telling you, this is the this is my problem with the whole thing. Listen. Police brutality happens. In fact, brutality between human beings happens all the time. Happens when people are police. It happens when people aren't police. Protest it. Do something about it. Do something to bring the people who actually perpetrated that act to justice. But that does not give you the right to attack and kill or hurt other people who you've lumped into a group. That's the same thing that that white supremacists do. You just lump people into a group. And that's and that's what they do. You're black, so I think this. That's wrong. It's completely wrong. It's wrong when white people do it, it's wrong when black people do it. Okay? It's wrong when men do it to women and when women do it to men. When straight people do it to gay people, it's it all of those are wrong. All of those are wrong. Okay? So, we saw the thing with people getting beat for trying to defend their businesses, defend their property, and all I could be left with was, one, I feel bad for the people. I feel bad for the people who are perpetrating the act because I can't imagine the hatred and the pain that must be in your heart to lose it so much on people who are clearly Innocent and not doing anything to aggress against you, I can't imagine that. But I, you know, I feel that way all the time. Like this is the thing. Like I try not to uh, belittle the argument or or anything like that to demean the argument. Diminish the argument is the word I'm looking for. But people attack other people and kill them like every single day, like a lot. Every single day, people die. And anytime someone murders someone else, then that's that's a bad thing. And they did it out of hatred in some kind of a way. They did it for a terrible reason. And they should be brought to justice. This happens every single day. That doesn't mean that you shouldn't be extra mad when it's simply because someone was the skin color that they were. But it's not good if someone was the sex that they were. It's not good that someone was, happened to be on the sidewalk that they were on. It's not good that they happened to live in the house that they lived in or were driving the car they were driving. No, none of those things are good when someone decides to kill another person. And I know, I, listen, I, I know people that have been murdered. I knew people that have been murdered. And it's not any less important that the person I knew that was murdered was white, in my opinion. It's not even entirely important to that case that the person I know that was white was murdered by a black person. True story. Someone I'd known for a long time. Murdered by a black person. Does that mean that her murder was racially motivated or somehow worse than other people who were murdered in some kind of a way. She had kids. She had a husband. Murdered for no reason. A terrible reason. Murdered because of hatred. That's really the worst part. And that's what all the murders are from. Like We've been against death for a long time on this podcast. I don't know if we came out against that early on. But we've been against it for quite a long time now and we've held true to that stance. And I'm trying to understand that there are groups of people that have been treated poorly for a long time and are still being treated poorly. But I also have to, I also have to defend every single person's individual liberty. I have, to know, uh, I have to understand that if truly everyone is equal, then you don't, have, you don't have any more right to hurt someone or take their stuff because you're a member of a discriminated against group and you're mad. You don't have any more right to go and hurt someone else. Okay. So that's really, a, listen, I don't want to spend too much on the violent part of the protests other than saying there is a real situation that needs salt and all of the violence that is happening, we have set ourselves back another 20, 30 years. This is worse than what happened after everything in Ferguson and and Eric Garner and all that. This is worse so far, or at least it seems worse. Maybe maybe our social media is just more and more prevalent all the time. This seems worse. We've set ourselves back really far, and that surely is not the goal of the people who are trying to protest, especially the people who are trying to protest peacefully. That, that surely is not the goal. So all I would ask is, even if you're a, if you're a libertarian, if you're anyone listening to this who supports the protests against the police, just like we always do when we talk about how to have a conversation with someone, if you're having a conversation with a a socialist and you want them to come along to your line of view, how do you go about doing that? Do you want a war or do you want to actually have a conversation that could lead to a positive end for everyone? So you have to ask yourself that question. And the people who are committing the violent acts are not asking themselves that question or at least they're too emotionally clouded and hurt to be able to look past the moment right now and think about the future because the future is going to be worse from this. This will create a worse future. What is happening right now? This will create a worse future for minorities. What is happening right now? This will not make it better. Police officers will end up with better riot gear. We will end up with some more laws, with some bigger budgets. We will end up with more government control. And we'll keep going down the same path and the people around the country will have just a little bit more hatred towards other people that don't look like them than they used to, if there's someone who already had that. None of that is decreasing. There's not a single person who, I mean, maybe there are, I don't, I don't know them. There's not a single white supremacist in the country that is like, oh yeah, dang it, you're right. You're right, I was wrong. Man, I've really come to find that I was wrong and I think that we should all love each other. No one's coming to that conclusion on that side at least so this doesn't do anything to actually help that so I want to hear some of the ideas that you guys have in a live group for how are we actually going to fix this one of the questions I wanted to ask was what does justice look like at this point are we trying to get justice for everything every wrongdoing that has occurred over our history are we trying to get justice for that? Because in that case, the whole place is going to be on fire. And a lot of people who had nothing to do with bad things happening are going to end up getting punished for what other people who look like them did. Which is wrong, by the way. This is, this is not going to help that situation. So what does justice look like? George Floyd was murdered. The police officer has been arrested. Charged with a really, really weird count of third degree murder. I understand from a legal standpoint, kind of. Um, I do agree with some of the people I saw on the news who said they should have at least gone, if they wanted third, they should have gone for second and, and, and taken it, plead down the third or something like that. Because now what's more than likely to happen is that this goes down to manslaughter, uh, which is a little bit different from third degree murder. So, um, and what Marie said, yes, I, all the cops involved in the situation need to be arrested. Like we talked about, I think on Friday, we just had someone named Nathaniel Woods who was put to death because the person he was with killed someone because he was in a house and that person killed a police officer. I don't remember how many people he killed, but killed at least one police officer. And the person who they know did not do anything was given the death penalty and has already been executed and the person that they know did it, this is not a conspiracy, this is true, this is the actual factual evidence, the person that they know did it is still alive in prison, has not been put to death. And the person that they know did not actually kill anyone has actually been put to death. I'm not calling for the police officers to be put to death, but I am asking that they be charged as anyone else who was involved aiding in a murder and whatever the legal terminology for that will be that they be charged in the same way. So that is one of the things I think will help. But unfortunately I don't, I don't know if justice for this one situation is the goal right now. I don't know if that's the goal. If, if they arrest the rest of the police officers, actually, you know what, if they just imagine right now, if they decided a, a directed verdict came down and the judge put them in prison for the rest of their lives with no parole. Do you guys think the protests would stop after that? Do you think that there wouldn't be any more violent protests around the country? So that's, do you think that that's what would actually happen? I I, I don't know if that would actually happen. And the reason I don't know if that would actually happen is because I think there's a lot of Antifa running the show right now and they're not going to be happy until the entire system is destroyed. And so we, we've we got to confront that fact also. There might be a lot of people that feel like there's been some justice done here, but as the protests keep going and we keep seeing the videos of uh, what trucks are doing or what cops are losing their cool and, and and doing bad things to protesters and stuff like that, like this is going to become a circle that keeps going. So it's, you know, how do you actually end up? Because we'll end up having protests for something that happened in the protest over the weekend in some kind of way. And then we'll have protests for what happened in that protest. So I don't know what justice actually looks like here. Unfortunately, I stumbled on a lot that said, I mean, literally I saw people saying that reparations was the only way to end this. Money, money. We're gonna do this until we get money. Is what the person was saying. So well, a lot of what what you guys are saying in the live group, you think it would settle settle it down a lot? I think it would too. I think you'd be left with the people who are really just here to burn stuff down. After that, um, the the main the main couple things that we've mentioned so far, and we'll talk about the qualified immunity. Qualified immunity thing is uh, something I believe Justin Amash is actually. Um, proposing i think he put out a proposal today to end that the slip the slippery slope of qualified immunity is that once there is precedent set on each thing you know it basically says like did you go beyond what was reasonable uh something that was not obviously uh taking away constitutional rights or against someone's constitutional rights but in the situation using your discretion did you act as a reasonable person would have? Did, did What you did, was it, was it reasonable in that situation? And so that's kind of the question that they ask in that. But the problem is, as time goes on and more case law is built and more precedent is set, every single time something else happens, there's more precedent set on what a police officer can do and have qualified immunity. Every time there is a new case of someone doing something and it being okay, or someone doing something, you know, then not being punished for it, there's case precedent every time this happens. And it, the power only goes up. It never goes down. It just builds and builds and builds with the amount of things that people can actually do if you're police officers. And I, we have always tried to, to not be people who hated on police in this show. I don't want to lump in, I don't know how many police officers there are around the country. It's got to be, I mean, I know there's 35,000 in New York. What are there? 100,000? 150,000 police officers? That's literally just me saying a number. That might be embarrassingly wrong. 100, 150,000 that are out there every single day trying to do what they do? So how many acts of brutal uh, of police brutality do you have? You could probably say a very small percentage, e- even if we disagree and it's way too many. The percentage is way too high and it shouldn't be any. I'm like, we can all agree on that. But a very small percentage end up doing this. And so then we get in a situation where we end up lumping everyone together and saying, well, a small percentage of people did this, therefore I hate that entire group of people. You could say the same thing about the protesters if you want to. But people, I mean, you don't want to say that. You don't want to say that because you saw a group of people looting a Nike store that all of the protesters are disgusting looters. That's not the case. And it's not true. It's just simply not true. A lot of people are actually trying to find some type of justice. Said 800,000. Okay, so I was I was way down. So I don't know how many of those police officers commit some type of terrible act. It's too many. But it's probably a very low percentage as a percentage of the amount of police officers that there are. So all I'm trying to say is, all I'm trying to say is, are we people who believe that you can attribute the actions of a small amount of people to an entire group? Or are we people who judge things on an individual basis? And I want to make sure that we stay principled on that as long as we can. All the time. As long as we can, should be all the time, by the way. You should uh, always try to remain objective. The Libertarian Party has been frustrating me with this because I, I tweeted something over the weekend. And um, listen, they said a couple things, but their main stance has been um, don't talk negatively about the riots and the looting, focus on the police brutality. And I completely understand, completely understand That stance, that is one part of it. That is one part that we should all think very, very clearly about and understand why people are upset, why people are rioting, be able to separate uh, the people who have true grievances with people who are members of Antifa who just want to tear the entire system down, be able to separate those things out. But you should also, as a party who talks about the non-aggression principle and not aggressing on people who have not aggressed on you and protecting individual rights, protecting property rights, protecting individual liberty, should be someone who is totally okay with saying that it is disgusting to be looting and burning other people's property and to be beating people in the streets because they were trying to defend their property. You should also be okay with saying that. And from what I can tell, the Libertarian Party has not been okay with saying things like that. They are trying to capitalize on a moment so they can try and be the the party that can attract more minority voters. And that's their decision as a party. But they're they're tiptoeing around the principles, which is that if the non-aggression principle is the underlying principle of the Libertarian Party then it is always true. It is not true that because you're mad at the government, you can hurt people and take their stuff. That is not true. Either you can't do it because it's wrong to hurt people and take their stuff, or it's okay to hurt people and take their stuff sometimes if you're mad enough. But it's not both of those things. So it's... I will read through some of this stuff while I'm while I'm going through some of this and see what you guys' ideas are. Um in police unions, um I'm generally uh opposed to unions, uh for sure. Um I think that all that does is create a massive power structure that uh can unfairly benefit that and then when you're talking about the police, if you're worried about that, um then that's an issue. Ending the drug war is my main is my main thing. Um Ending the drug war is my number one thing because I think that statistically police officers spend a lot of their time trying to hunt people who are doing nothing uh, that is violent against other people. Doing nothing that has other victims that have not made a choice to start doing drugs or to buy drugs or to do something like that. I think they spend a lot of time and I'm not saying that that's the fault of the officers. That's the fault of the laws. Now, maybe they, if if they do disagree with that, but they still decided to sign up and be a police officer and enforce those, I would not agree with that morally. Um, But ending the drug laws, ending the drug war is my, is my biggest answer for this because they spend so much time upset, chasing after people. So many no knock raids, There is so much violence, so many gangs and cartels and so many traffic stops where they're actually looking for drugs, so many pat downs, all these things on a daily basis could be ended if we accepted that individuals should have the responsibility to make their own life decisions as long as they are not doing something to harm other people. If you made that decision, whether you agree with drugs or not, if you made the decision that you don't have control over other people's decisions, if they aren't doing something that hurts you, if you made that decision, you could end the drug war and you could have police focusing on actually fighting crimes that have victims. I'm not saying police don't ever do that. I'm saying there is an awful lot of time fighting crimes and putting people in prison who never hurt anyone but themselves. I think that this would, immediately decrease the frustration level of a lot of police because they wouldn't see everyone as a potential suspect that they need to go through their pockets and see if there's a plant in there. They they wouldn't see that. I think you would have a lot less instances of the police brutality where they were trying to pat down someone, they were pulling over someone because they're looking for drugs, they were doing anything like that. I think you would have way less instances, a lot less room for these bad things to happen doesn't mean bad things would never happen, at all. It doesn't mean that there would never be a police officer who wanted to hurt someone that wouldn't hurt anyone. But on a statistical basis, if you're looking at outliers, when everyone is doing this and you have these standard deviations around where the outliers end up doing bad things, if you reduce the entire thing down and you, you reduce that entire structure that is out there, just trying to find people who have plants or powder or whatever it is who are only hurting themselves, then you will decrease a lot of these instances. I think that this is the number one thing to do right now. There is way too much time spent on the drug war, way too much money, and far too many people have died because of the drug war. I think if it were not for the drug war, we would have been past this problem so far of police brutality. It would be much easier to point out these bad instances Because the people that are being arrested were people who just did something violently or something to harm another person, not someone who was deciding that they wanted to get high tonight. That's, that's, it's a ridiculous thing to do. It's a, it's a nanny state. You don't have responsibility over your own life kind of thing to do. In my opinion, ending the drug war is the fastest. Way to actually solve this problem because you decrease freaking half the things that police are trying to do every single day. Let them focus on crimes where someone was killed or assaulted, raped in some kind of way. Let them focus on that. Okay. Don't let them focus on everything else. It would, it would take away, (laughs) he said, it would essentially defund violent police forces. Yeah. It would. I mean, just look at the, look at all the raids and look at all this. I mean, you see so many things just trying to enforce this drug war. So it's just, we've got to end that. We have to end that. There's a, that's a very simple step guys. It's a very simple step in the drug war, decriminalize drugs. I'm not saying legalize them because you know what legalize means. Legalize means they can take that away. I'm going to say decriminalize, wipe all the laws off the books, delete them, burn them, shred them, do whatever you want to, recycle them, whatever it is that you want to do with those laws, okay? Get them off of there, and you're going to have so much less violence out there. All right, I'm going to read through here one more time. Let's see. Start. Give me a second. If you're listening to the podcast, I'm reading through here. So the individual officer liability insurance um, is an interesting one too. Um, I think that that's, I think that that's a, a good idea also. So I think that I think that that's also. I think that's a great idea i'm sure that the you know the unions and people like that the police stations they've already got things like that but when you take in the qualified immunity and you've got these cases where people can't you know your insurance isn't going to pay something out if someone doesn't have any legal grounds for saying that you did something wrong you know obviously the insurance companies will find all the reasons to not pay the things out so um, I do think that that is a good step to have. That's what we'd have if we had private police. I mean, they're, they're obviously going to have that. They'll be liable for anything. If you can sue McDonald's because the coffee's too hot, you're going to be able to sue a police officer because they uh, did whatever it is that they did. Like that, that would obviously open that back up. So, I'm I, I think the liability insurance is is a really good idea too. I've seen people throw out ideas like the police pensions should pay towards uh, settlements and things like that. And, you know, all all good ideas. Um, I really want to find something that could decrease some of the tensions, you know, um, at the moment, and then there's the long-term problems. Um, So I do think that arresting the other officers, figuring out what they should be charged with, I'm not a legal professional. I do not know what they can legally be charged with. Um, I think that that is I think that is something uh, that's gonna help potentially. I think that listen, we're not just going to wake up tomorrow and decriminalize all of the drugs, but I think that is a real conversation that needs to be had. Um, this is where most of these instances come from uh, is is from drugs. Uh, so I think that that is a big thing to do. Um, the other The only other thing I think I was going to say. You know, I'm going to end it with this because I'm over an hour right now, but listen to that MLK speech again and don't just listen to it because you think other people need to listen to it and you want them to see it. Um, sorry, I got a few notifications coming up here. I need to turn that off. Don't just listen to the MLK video because you want other people to hear it because they need to change. Okay. Listen to it and ask yourself what you can do differently. And while it's hard as hell, I am going to work on focusing on the love I have for other human beings, regardless of the bad things that they do. Um, doesn't mean I have to like them, but I am going to focus on that. And I think that that is what really, really a lot of people should do. You know, I got a lot of crap for sharing the Martin Luther King video. Um, on our Facebook and on our Instagram, stuff like that, of course. A white guy sharing a Martin Luther King video. Um, you know, you are you don't really have the right to do that. Um, everything he says is right. Everything he said about this was right. Now, the quote that everyone wants to remember, they don't want to remember all of the other ones. Um, they don't remember, you know, that eight minutes that I played for you. They want to remember one quote, which was that uh, riots are the voice of the unheard. And that's True, that might be true. A simple quote like "riots are the voice of the unheard" is not an excuse or uh, condoning the actions of the rioters, though. Like, don't try and warp MLK's vision because of one sentence that he said at one time. Okay, he said that sentence. That is true. Riots are the voice of the unheard. Okay. That is talking about how we need to work on hearing what these, what, what these protesters are upset about. What, what is it that they're upset about? We need to listen to everyone. We need to see what can actually be done to change these things. But it is not an excuse to kill people, to, to burn their stuff, to, to beat them nearly to death. It is not an excuse to do that. A riot might be the voice of the unheard, but that is not an excuse to aggress against people who have done nothing to you, done nothing to harm you. Your grievances as usual are with the power of the government. It is always the power of the government. And the reason it is with the power of the government is that because human beings do bad things. Human beings have always done bad things. There are always bad people. We will never have an entire society of completely perfect, virtuous angels. And the reason it is the power of the government that you are upset with is because it is the government that gives those bad people power over you. That is what they do. And over time, it gets bigger and bigger and they find every single kind of way to put you in a cage for the rest of your life, all the way down to whether or not you gave them the perfect percentage of your income. All kinds of things. Your grievances are with the power of the government. Your grievances are, with, are because we live in a society that does not respect or recognize the sovereignty of the individual, that every single person is unique, is sovereign, has their own individual liberty, and none of us can be lumped into a group at all. We certainly cannot be held to account for what other people who look like us did or for what other people who have the same job as us us did, okay? You definitely cannot. That is the same evil and the same hatred that you see perpetrated by by white supremacists. That is the exact same group think that we have always had, okay? The only answer here is that we all accept that all of us are individuals, and you do not make a snap judgment about someone until you actually know the situation that that person is in, Until you know the life that they've gone through, you make sure that they are not aggressing on you and you are not in danger. But you have to judge each person if you're going to judge each person on an individual basis, not on what skin color they are, not on what their political party is, not on their age, their sex, or anything like that. On that individual, because all of us have had very unique lives. We're all the stars of our own movies here. We've all had very individual, unique lives. And we're all feeling the emotions that we feel right now because of the lives that we've led up to this point. All of our realities are true to us. And so we've all got to accept that and figure out how to move past this and live in peace with people and not just start a war with other people, okay? That's really all I'm coming from here. Guys, um, listen. Hey, it's June 1st on the lighter note, extremely lighter note. Just going to totally change this up. You guys know about that contest. The contest drawing is tomorrow. We have a lot of people that signed up. We're going to be giving away $500 and a free lifetime subscription to MasterMyTrades.com. That's the Liberty Trading Academy. If you are interested in potentially getting a part of that $500 GML stimulus and you want to find the code word, okay? I'll tell you the code word today just to make it a little bit easier on you. The code word is... Actually, you need to go back to another episode and listen and figure out what the code word is. You're going to hear that at the end of the episode before this. So go find that out. Go figure out what that code word is. You go to our website. I'll put the link in the show notes. GoodmorningLiberty.us slash stimulus. You put in that code word, your email address. We're going to be going ahead and picking someone at random tomorrow that is going to be getting $500 of cold, hard PayPal money. That they can feel in their hands via their cell phone. All right. So if you guys are interested in getting 500 bucks, listen, we don't have a printing press. Okay. We're not going to, we're not taking it from your children. We're not forcefully taking it from other people's paychecks. You know, this is actual money right here. It's going to go directly to you. And you can get that year, that not year, lifetime membership to master, mastermytrades.com. So if you guys are interested in doing that, Go find that code word in the previous episode. Put it in on the website, and we'll be doing the drawing live tomorrow. So if you guys do all of that stuff, then we will be right back here again tomorrow. That's me and Charlie. Charlie and I. Sorry, Mom. Charlie and I will be right back here again tomorrow. Until then, have a good day and a good morning, Liberty.